0: YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Have you ever felt like all of the work that you've done, all of the hurdles you've cleared, all of the obstacles that you've conquered, you ever feel like all of that was for nothing? You ever feel like you did all of that, and nobody's proud of you. Do you ever feel like you've done all of that, and there's nobody to celebrate your accomplishments? And if you've ever felt like that, you know how worthless it feels, and how empty and hollow it feels inside, and how how desperate and how lonely it feels. We as people, we like to be celebrated. We like We like for those that are closest to us to be proud of us and at times when when it has when we know we've disappointed people it disappoints us right and it upsets us and it makes us want to do better and it makes us want to do right by by them but what about what about the times when when you're doing everything you can you're trying as hard as you can and there's just nobody there there's nobody that, uh, sits down in front of you and puts their hand on your back or your shoulder or your thigh and looks at you in the eye and says, you know what? I know you've been through a lot of shit in your life, but I really appreciate everything that you do for yourself, for other people, for our family. And I appreciate you never quitting. And I never, and I appreciate you never giving up. Have you ever had somebody do that for you? like genuinely sit down and tell you those things because it's important. It's very important that the hard work that, that you do go through is recognized. I'm not saying walk around expecting everybody to pat you on the back, but man, I can tell you when, when you do everything that you do, and there's nobody there to recognize it. It fucking sucks. And it hurts. And it's very lonely. I just got back from Bonita Springs, um, Florida, where I was teaching at the Florida gang investigators conference. Let me tell you something. It was one of the coolest conferences I've ever had the pleasure of going to. I had a lot of fun down there. We, um, I got to speak to 500, uh, gang investigators and it was just, it was super cool, man, because you know, I get, I get to go to all these cop conferences and these fire conferences and, and most people for the most part, they're clean shaven folks, you know, and they're professional, but man, when I went to this gang conference, there was a lot of dudes that looked like me, just big, burly, hairy fucking dudes tattoos a lot of women that you know, honestly look like me just big burly fucking tattooed up gals i loved it it was great and a uh, bunch of shit talkers man i got shot got to talking shit with a bunch of them and just met a, met a met a bunch of friends and had a lot of fun and it was man it was cool and i got to open up the ceremony with um if you ever heard that that old gang song it's called colors by ice t it came out in like 88 said colors colors. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath stalking, something like that. And I was like, man, I'm never going to get to open up another show like this ever in my life. I'm doing a gang conference. I'm going to put this gang song on. And I was like, I know it's going to drive the crowd crazy. Right. I know they're going to come out of their fucking chairs and this is going to be what the millennials call lit. And dude, when that song came on, it had the complete opposite effect. Those 500 people were looking at me like, where does this motherfucker, what the hell is it? And I felt, I I looked at the guy running the sound and I immediately told him to cut it off. I said, cut it off, cut that shit off, cut it off right now. It was hilarious because I thought it was going to be like this in my mind. I built it up. I mean, I even did it. I did a pre-show run the day before where we did a test run and we had we had the music timed out perfectly to where, I started walking. I got to the stage at the cutoff point and, and all of that went to hell in a handbasket real quick. Cause I think most of the crowd was too young to remember that damn song. And I th- there's a couple of old people like me in there. <laughs> but anyway, we, it was a lot of fun. We got the, I got to talk post-traumatic purpose to my people. And those are very much my people. And, um, I was down there for two days and I want to get into something, um, that's very important. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about in the beginning of this episode. I'm going to get back to talking about feeling, um, worthy, right? Because I think a lot of times when we go through, um, the, these, these ups and downs in life, especially with mental health, I think a lot of times there's points where you feel absolutely worthless and you feel like you have nothing left to give anybody because, I know in my personal case, I, I, I strive to take care of everybody so well. And I try to make my people proud of me. Like outside of my circle, if people aren't proud of me, that's their thing. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm I'll be honest. Like if I, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but my people, my circle, I want them proud of me when they look at me. I want them to know like, that's our dude. That's, that's the leader of our family. And that motherfucker is crushing it. And he's doing the best that he can for himself. He's doing the best that he can for us. And on top of that, he's overcame so many things in his life and has never stayed down ever. He's always gotten back up because I lead by fucking example. And that's what you got to do. You got to lead by example. You always have to get up. You never get to stay down because people are watching you. The people that are watching you depend on you. And if you teach him how to stay down, that's all that is teaching them is how to stay down. Keep getting up. The problem with that is this. What happens when you don't get those applauses from those people? What happens when the things that you do feels like it goes unrecognized? What happens when you feel like nobody appreciates you? And I'm talking about your circle. I'm not talking about outside of that. Because these things happen. You know we spend our entire life when you when you're going through mental health crises and you have post traumatic stress and all these things that go along with it you spend your whole life trying to prove to other people and i'm talking about your circle when i say other people you try to prove to them that you're a good person you try to prove to them that you're worthy of their love and their respect and you spend your lifetime trying to prove that and every time that you have a setback you work that much harder to prove i'm not that person And what happens when you're doing a fucking fantastic job and you never feel celebrated? Well, I'll tell you what happens. You feel empty. You feel what I call net worthless. And that's a shithole place to be. It's a bad place to feel. It's a bad place to be when you feel like your own people don't have pride in you. I want to talk about that and this is going to be hard to talk about, but it's necessary because I know it happens in so many households across this, this world with people like us, I'll tell you one of the most dangerous places for me to be. It's in a hotel room. And the reason is this. When I travel, I've traveled for 15 years now. When I travel, I I travel alone. I'm either in a plane alone. I'm in a car alone. I eat all of my meals alone when I'm not working on a stage or in front of an audience, I'm alone. And when I'm alone, I'm, 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 I'm usually with my thoughts. And when I'm alone, I think about my family and I think about what I'm doing on the road. And I think about, am I making the most of my time with my life, with my kids? And the answer is usually no. I start feeling extremely guilty. I feel guilty because I'm out there trying to be Someone that they, when they look at, they're like, that's our fucking daddy. And we're proud of them. And I know they are proud of me, but they're kids. They don't get it. But what about our spouses? Right? I think a lot of spouses out there harbor a lot of resentment for things in the past. And the problem with that is if you're never going to let go of things in the past, it's only going to destroy everything in your future. I know couples out there that have worked so hard to get ahead. And one, one person will have completely changed everything about their life. And the other person just can't let go of who that person was 12 years ago or something they said 12 years ago. And it's fucking bullshit. And it's dog shit. And what happens is it gets exhausting trying to prove that you're a better man or a better woman because it's almost like the other person won't let you prove, prove that they don't have to tell you. They don't have to keep throwing it in your face, but you can feel it. You can feel the lack of pride from them. You can feel the lack of energy coming from them. You can feel the resentment coming from them. They don't have to tell you, you feel it. And so when you're alone, and you're left alone to think about these things, things get dangerous. Things get very dangerous. An idle mind is a very dangerous thing. You know, I talked about that episode in, in, um, chaos is calm and calm is chaos. How some people, especially me, like with a mind like mine, I have to be busy. My mind has to be busy. And the problem when I travel is when I'm alone in hotel rooms, my mind is not busy and I have time to think. And I sit there and I think about my kids growing up without my fault, without them, without their father close by. And I think I'm doing 70 something tour dates this year. And that's not just 70 days I'm out of town. That's usually do 70 times three. That's how many days I'm usually out of town because it's usually three days per event. It's a travel day to go the day before the event, it's the day of the event, and the whole next day after the event, it's burned. So that's what, 210 days? Something like that? think about that. I mean, so I'm out there 365 days a year out of a calendar year, 210 of it. I'm not there. And so I start, it's not regretting life, but it's, I start thinking about things like, man, what can I do differently? And I want to take as much, I want to take advantage of as much time that I have available with my kids because, you know, these departments, they come they come to me wanting me to train them and I'm all for it. I'm all for these conferences and these training. And I never say I never say no, but there's a cost associated with that. And that cost is being sitting in a hotel room with your thoughts. And I'm not saying you got to do what I do. Think about all these first responders out there who they work so much of their life away just to make ends meet. You know, you got East cops at work these these crazy schedules and then they got to work three off-duty jobs a week and they don't get to see their families. These fucking firemen do the same thing twenty-four forty-eights or whatever and then they're working mandos, mandatory overtimes, and they're just missing time with their family. And that guilt sets in. You know, at what point does something does something need to change because we're just missing so much of their lives? But I want to flash back to the accomplishment things, man. When I'm going to tell you what's exhausting. What is exhausting is this. What, what's exhausting is... When you've, had, when you've had a rough run in life and other people have paid for that rough run and you try to, you spend your lifetime trying to make it better to prove to them, to show to them, like, look, I'm, I'm well beyond that person. Yeah, I slip and I stumble every once in a while, but fuck, so do you. You know, nobody's perfect. But I'm far removed from that person. And then when you just still don't get a, any sense of pride from those very people. It fucking hurts, man. And then when you get you know why first responders? So I don't know if y'all know this. But you know first responders, the dangerous part of our job is not the on-duty day, it's the off-duty time. That's when majority of first responders kill themselves is off-duty, by the way. And they normally do that because they're not around the people they relate to. They're not around the people that they feel the most safe with. And that's scary. We feel safe with the people on our job because we can be our true selves because sometimes our true selves is too much for our families. And then when we get home, we're around our families, the people that we have put in turmoil, you know, the people that walk around on eggshells around us, the people who we come unhinged on all the time. We get tired of doing that and we feel like a burden and then we end up killing ourselves or hurting ourselves and doing dumb shit. And it's sad, man so sad. I'm going to open up and get vulnerable with y'all for a second. And this isn't this isn't a this isn't a pity party, all right? I don't do that. But I'm going to tell you I had a very rough time on the road this week. So so much that I was very concerned for myself. And I don't you know, I always talk about, you know, don't don't be so prideful and so strong that you can't reach out for help. And I'm going to tell you, I had to live by my own fucking words this week, all right? And this isn't, this isn't, um, I don't need a bunch of people blowing my inbox up checking on me because I'm good, all right? But I'm trying to tell you from somebody who, who has worked very diligently to get ahead in life and get beyond this mental health crisis stuff, Just when you think you got it, I'm telling you, it can creep up on you and you got to be prepared for this. You got to always have a plan because this thing, it is a straight roller coaster ride. You may be on top of every peak of the roller coaster for years. And then all of a sudden that car starts going down that damn peak on the backside and your, your gut goes up into your throat as you're, as you're descending that hill that you were on top of and it's scary. It's a scary place to be and you don't know how long you're going to bottom out for, but I got to tell you right now, every time you go you you bottom out, you got to you got to fight it and you got to hang in there and you got to do the things that's going to keep you safe. You got to have the connections and the people that you can get in touch with. Because that's what's going to help you ascend and get to the top of the next peak again. And the rest of your life is going to be like this, whether you like it or not. Once you, once you, once you're eat up with this shit, it's on you. Now I never, I never sit here and try to give anybody the recipe to beating this thing, but I do talk about how to manage it. And I'm going to tell you, I was deep in it this week and it fucking, it came out of nowhere and it scared the shit out of me. You got to have people that you can call. Yeah, and, and I mean, when I, ta- when I say you got to have somebody you can call, you got to know they're going to answer the phone kind of call. All right. I don't mean, well, yeah, I can just go down my contact list and you know maybe somebody. Listen, people that are in a mental health crisis, sometimes if they even make a call, it's usually the last call. And if that call goes unanswered, you know the outcome of that. You got to make sure that if you ever find yourself in a bad place, and I hope you never do, but if you do, You better have somebody that you can lean on. And I'll tell you like this. Some people don't understand how dangerous this is. Some people don't recognize the signs. Some people, they could be your spouse. They may not notice a fucking flag when they see it. Do you understand? Not everybody's priority is your priority. You better call somebody that understands this and that knows a flag when they see a flag. And don't be the boy who cried wolf, all right? Don't be the girl who cried wolf. Don't be calling somebody every week because you're fucking drunk or you're high. Get your shit in order. Throw that shit to the side. You don't need it. If, you fuck, if you're if you blowing somebody up every time you get drunk and you're texting them every time you get drunk or you get high, these people are going to stop responding to you. Stop letting substances control your life and take care of your fucking life and take charge of your fucking life. If you broke your leg in life, eventually it's going to heal. And guess what you get to throw down? Your goddamn crutches. It's no different with this. Throw your fucking crutches in the trash. Get rid of the damn booze. Get rid of the the substances. Take control of your shit. I can't say that enough. I get so many people that contact me and it's obvious that they're drunk or high and I I got to a point I cannot even acknowledge it anymore. And this is not me being a dick. It's if you can't come at me sober and you can't stand on your own two feet, how the fuck am I going to do for you? What is anybody going to do for you? You got to put it down. I'm going on a tangent here, but listen to me it's important. It's important that somebody will pick up that phone for you. I found myself in a very, very bad place this week. And this is before I got to my conference. I had to stop in Jacksonville for the night. I had to break up my trip. I got a hotel and I was in that hotel. I was alone in that hotel and I was in my thoughts, man. I couldn't control it. They just came out of nowhere. And instead of getting out of that hotel and going and doing something and being proactive and keeping my mind busy, I sat there and I dwelled in it. And while I was sitting there and dwelling in it, it was like my mind at warp speed took me to a horrible place in a place that I have not been in in many, many years, many years. And that was scary. So, you know what I did? I realized what I do for a living. I realized the danger that I was in at that time. I reached out for help. And that, that call went unanswered for an hour and a half, if not more than that. As I sat there thinking about what's going on, I thought about all those people that I teach about. And I thought about The people that reach out for help and those, those calls go unanswered and then they feel even more hopeless and they think, well, nobody's going to take my call anyway. I don't stand a chance. And then they check out. When I train peer teams, I tell them every phone on that peer team needs to be ringing when that number is dialed, when whatever your peer number is, every phone in every phone of every peer support person needs to be ringing because if it's one in the morning and Billy Joe fucking Stanley, who's on duty looks at his phone and it's like, Oh, it's one in the morning. I'm not answering. That could be the call that ends somebody fucking life right there. That could be it. That missed call. I had that missed call this week. And I can't tell you how empty I felt. All right. I can't tell you how lonely I felt and how desperate I felt and how hopeless I felt. It took a lot. It took everything I had to make that to make that call. Everything. So I know how hard it is to do that. And then I did something that I that I didn't think I would do. After an hour and a half, I made another call. And that call picked up on the first ring like it should. And this is why I'm so proud of the network that I'm involved in. It's because I meet people all the time. Meet professional people that are in this business that that are all about it. And they don't just talk to the talk, they walk to the fucking walk, and they will answer that phone. <clears throat> and I got the help that I needed over the phone this week. And all I needed was some ears. That's all I needed. I needed a set of ears. And I'm not, listen, this isn't a cry for help for me. I'm good. Trust me. I'm, I'm fucking great now. This isn't me wanting Instagram messages telling me, tell me the story. And I'm here, brother. I know, you know, I get it. But if you're not in my immediate contact list, right. Then I can't call you anyway. Sometimes you think that the people that are closest to you are there for you when you need, when you need them in your most desperate times. And sometimes they're not going to be there because guess what? They don't understand the severity of it. They haven't been trained in it. That's why I train fucking spouses. That's why we do these events. I ask these first responders, bring your spouse. They need to understand this stuff. And just because they come to one event doesn't mean that they're going to know it all. They need to understand you too. When you drop a red flag, that needs to be a priority number one. Everything on the other end with your spouse or whoever in your circle, when you when you raise a red flag, everything stops. There is no greater priority in that moment. There is none. And there's no excuse for your red flag to go unanswered. There is zero excuse for that. I know how hard it is to constantly be proving yourself to just be just crave acceptance from your circle. When you actually the whole time you just feel like you're constantly having to prove yourself. It's an exhausting, tiring place to be. You know, I tell people like this, it's like I carry a shovel with me because with this thing, with, uh, with mental health, it's like the roller coaster I was talking about. You have to carry a shovel because one day you might, you might need to dig, dig yourself out of a hole that you just dug. And the only way to do that is take that shovel and start scooping some dirt from the outside and putting it in so you can get out of that fucking hole that you dug. And sometimes It feels like that hole, no matter how much dirt you put in there, it feels like you're never getting out of it. You know, what's crazy is you get, when I hear people say, you know, so-and-so took their own life and, well, we didn't. We didn't even see anything was wrong. He didn't show any signs. And, and, I, and my first immediate question is like, do you even know what, what the signs look like? Do you even know, do you know what a mental health emergency is? Do you know uh, the, when, I, when a text message comes across, it says, hey, I'm sad. Do you know that that's a cry for help? Do you know that when somebody says to you, I feel so alone, do you know that that's a cry for help? Because if you don't, you need to educate yourself. If your spouses don't know, you need to educate them. There's so many cries for help that go just un, un, unnoticed. I hear it time and time again. Oh, so-and-so killed himself, and we didn't, We didn't. he didn't show any signs. Like, fuck, he didn't. Nobody just wakes up one day and decides to kill themselves. That shit takes time. I talk about it in my course, suicide ideation. People don't just wake up and kill themselves. It doesn't work like that. People plot their own deaths for months, for years. Through suicide ideation, they desensitize their brain to their own death through fantasizing about their own death. And through that, people show certain signs of behaviors. But most people just want to be judgmental when they see somebody changing. Oh, he's just becoming lazy. He doesn't do shit anymore. He just lays on the couch. Well, that motherfucker's probably depressed. And there's a reason for that. So-and-so doesn't take care of their appearance anymore, and they're just letting themselves go. Well, you know what? There's some more signs. Somebody's got such a short temper. He's an asshole. He's just yelling at everybody. Guess what? There's some more fucking signs. You see what I'm getting at? I'm sure there's people out there that slip through the cracks. I'm not saying every single person in the world shows all the same signs. But if you understand what signs are, and then you look back at somebody's history, chances are they showed some signs and you fucking missed them. I'm recording this episode today because I can now say I know what it feels like to ask for help and to reach out for help, and for that those cries for help to go completely unanswered. I know what that feels like now. And I know how validating it is to feel like you're not worthy sometimes or you're, um, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, just to feel worthless and and not valued and not appreciated i can imagine how many people go through that same thing and i i can imagine i can't get my fucking words together right now um you got to understand that you're not a bad person. See I've I've thought that my whole life. Well, I shouldn't say my whole life. I've had a hard time in life thinking that I'm a good good human being. And it's because I've been a part of a lot of bad things. And there's a there's a desire inside of me for those closest to me to know that I'm a good man, that I'm a good person. And I, I try to my legacy the only thing I care about with my legacy is my kids. When they mention my name, to be prideful. It's all I care about, and I do everything I can to make to make sure that that happens. Um, you got to lead by example, right? Well, what happens when you lead by example, <laughs> and it just goes unnoticed? that's a hard thing. It's a, it's, it's a hard place to be. It's a hard spot to be in. You know what happens when, um, when you know people around you are influencing other people around you and you can't say anything about it, you got to bite your tongue out of respect for everybody involved. You know, it's, um, This is a hard spot, man. You got to understand everybody that you think is in your corner ain't in your fucking corner. There are going to be people that rah-rah to your face. There are going to be people that you think are in your corner very close to you, but they're not in your corner because when you sit down on that stool, when you're beat up from life and you're in that fucking ring and they're hooking and jabbing, providing for your goddamn family and taking care of them, and you sit down and you're swollen and you need somebody to give you that shot of water and rub your chest with fucking Vicks vapor rub just so you can fucking breathe guess what you may be sitting on that stool alone and those extra set of hands may not be there what you going to do you always got to have a plan you got to have I would I would say four options in a mental health crisis, no less than four options. You need to have four people that you can call at the drop of a hat, no matter what time of day it is, when you find yourself in a bad spot. I want you to think about that today, and I want you to think about who are the four people I could call at any given time of the day, because you need that. I received the most backhanded compliment I've ever received a couple weeks ago. And it just really put things in perspective for me. Um, because when people, people smile to your face and they don't tell you their real thoughts. I don't like that. I'd rather motherfucker. You got a problem. Just say it. (laughs) You know, I, uh, I was somewhere the other day or a couple weeks ago and somebody somebody close found out I'm writing another book and says, Oh, you're writing another book? And I said, Yeah. And that person goes, Are you just gonna ramble in this one? And when I heard that <sighs> the shit that wanted to come out of my mouth was vicious. And this is how I known that I've grown. This is how I've known that I've matured well beyond my years because in that instance that showed me exactly what that person thought about me. That was uh, the most passive aggressive way to tell me that I'm a joke to them. And that's exactly what I felt like. And in that moment, I talk about impulse control and how you have to be able to control impulses in life. And if every time you have an impulse, you act on it, the times when it's really going to matter, you're not going to be able to control those impulses. And that is very important. And in that moment, I proved to myself something that I was extremely proud of. I walked out of that room and I celebrated a victory with myself. And nobody else celebrated it with me because I'm used to celebrating alone. The reason I'm used to celebrating alone is because I have many, many victories throughout the week, throughout the days and the months that nobody ever sees because the problem with invisible injuries is this. When you're hurt, nobody can see them. When they heal, nobody can see them. So nobody's there to celebrate them. But I promise you this, when you act out on impulse, Everybody sees that and you're exactly what everybody expected. So what I did in that moment is I took that and that is nail in the coffin for me. That was a nail in the coffin for me with somebody that their opinion doesn't fucking matter anymore because I realized no matter how much good I do in life, it'll never be enough. Because they're only going to know the bad. They're only going to see what they want to see. Right? And you know what? I'm fucking proud of myself. And you should be too. I'm proud of everything I've ever accomplished in life. And you should be too. You should be proud of yourself. Don't worry about the shortcomings. Everybody's got those. Everybody has shortcomings in life. And it's usually the ones that have more more shortcomings are, are the ones to point out the problems with other people, right? Remember that. I'm big on not letting other people's opinions of you hold you back in life. I'm really big on that. It's nice to have people cheering for you in your corner. But if you don't have that, be your own fucking cheerleader. And root for yourself. And don't let anybody put their foot on your neck. Because people will try to suck away any fucking joy or any accomplishment they can possibly do. If they're not there cheering you on and congratulating you for your hard work and your effort and everything that you do, then you don't need them. talk about some more impulse control for a second man i was on uh when i was on 95 interstate 95 the other day heading to florida i had this guy drive up on my ass and uh, he was blowing the horn he was he was throwing his hands in the air and here's the problem i was going 85 in the fast lane in a 70 there was a tractor trailer on my right there was a car in front of me i had nowhere to go and in that, in that instant, I I knew when I looked up in the mirror, I knew exactly who this man was in this vehicle. I didn't know him by name. I'd never seen him before, but I know him because I, I fucking know guys like this. He was a little man with a little penis and somebody that's been bullied around his whole life. And I sat there laughing in my car because I knew this man had no control over his own life. And he probably was miserable with his life because he probably had somebody controlling his entire fucking life. And he never had any control of it. And that's exactly who's driving up on people's asses, flipping them off and throwing their hands in the air and beeping the horn. Right. And so I want to talk about impulse because I promise you the 10 year ago, Travis would not have behaved the same way. The now Travis does And what I did instead of acting impulsively, I just pulled up, put on my blinker and got over to the right. And I let this little man syndrome guy just drive right on by. And then you know what he did next? He went right up to the next car and did the same exact thing and the same exact thing and the same. And I watched him do it over and over. And this is somebody who has never been slapped in the face by a grown ass man in his life. And I was actually laughing because like he has not met the right fucking person yet. He hasn't rolled up on the right motherfucker on the wrong day. And it's a matter of time. And I wish I could be there to see it when it happens. So I get back over in a fast lane and as I'm driving, I told myself, I was like, you know what? Good for you, Travis. I celebrated another victory and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It's going to happen again. And that's why you don't get mad because it's going to happen probably 15 more times before you get to Florida. And I shit you not within 10 minutes, somebody else was doing it. And I just got back over again. I was like, it ain't worth it. Impulse control. You got to be able to control your thoughts and your actions, right? Maybe not not so much your thoughts. Let me me take that back. You're allowed to think what you want. But control your actions and your words because words hurt just as much. That's what I've realized. I've hurt more people with words than I've ever hurt with fists. And it's uh, the things you say you can't take back. And people will hold on to them motherfuckers forever. You think your spouse has gotten over something you said 12 years ago? You better think again. There's probably resentment still over something you said 12 years later, people will harbor resentment because most people have a hard time letting go of those things. You ever meet someone who can throw something in your face from so long ago? What does that tell you? They've been waiting for the right opportunity to throw that in your face. I can't remember a lot of disagreements from three weeks ago because I realize it's irrelevant and it's a, although it may hurt, it may have hurt somebody. You know, I, I, I I do have a good habit of this. At least apologizing and owning your shit, right? I don't think I've ever really said hurtful things and never came back to address it. I'm not saying it's right, but I do own my shit. And I've always done that. If somebody chooses to hold on to it, that's their problem. People are going to hold on to what they're going to hold on to. And they're going to weaponize it for later. And the issue with that is this. When they hold on to it and then they never let it go. The next thing you say, they hold on to that too. And before you know it, they have a collection of things that you've said in the past and it could be 15 years ago, but they're still going to harbor that towards you. You got to learn if you're that person, you got to learn to let that go. And I, I know this from being involved with all the stuff I've been involved with over the years. You can't stay mad at people because people die. People go away. And you don't want that to be the last memory you have of somebody. You don't be mad at somebody when it's their turn, when their number's up. That's a shitty place to be. You can't take anything back. You got to make things right while you have the opportunity to make them right. Sit down with somebody that's harboring something that you've done or said or whatever say your piece. And if they choose to hold on to that, you got to keep pressing, you know, I'll talk about hypervigilance for a second, man. Cause hypervigilance has, and I talk about this almost every episode episode because it never goes away. I'm still highly affected with it. And it's, I try to work on it the, the best that I can, but I want to show you through two quick stories how exhausting it can be and how you can ruin your family's time just by being who you are. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes who you are is just too fucking much and that's hard to carry. And it feels like a burden. And I talk about that. in a course, I talk about burden being one of the biggest red flags in mental health. When somebody says the word burden, you need to stop what you're doing and address it and figure this person out. Talk to them because if someone starts feeling like a burden to their family, they are not in a good place. We were recently at a movie or at a play. We were watching a play in town and we went in there. It was really packed and there were only two seats up front and two seats in the back. So I had to split my whole family up. I put my two girls up front and me and my wife, we sit in the back. And I actually didn't sit down. I stood up and I, I would, I refused to sit down because of where I was. And I was next to the door. And when I was standing, I could actually, there was a window in the door that I could see through. And if I stood, I could see any threat that was coming into that place. But I still didn't feel right because if a threat did come in there where I was, I just didn't feel like it was the best position to be in. I told my wife, I was like, I can't sit in here. She's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going outside. And so I went outside and sat in the fucking hallway and he very, strategic location to where if some, something happened, I would be able to take care of business. And the issue is this, nothing happened, nothing. Everybody had a great time except me. And then when my daughters are asking, where's daddy? Oh, he's sitting outside because he can't be in a room full of a bunch of people enjoying the moment with his family. So your kids get used to you not being there. So what do we do next? We go get pizza across the street. Nobody from the theater went to this place except us. We go in there. It's 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock, excuse me. There's nobody in this pizza place. There's an exit in the back. There's an exit in the front. So I sit again in the best place possible. And my girls are tired. They're starting to get sleepy. We order pizza. My youngest daughter, she's in a booth next to me. She lays down in the booth. And I shit you not, the thoughts that were going through my head were were these exact thoughts. As I was sitting there, I was picturing someone coming in with a gun and spraying the place and shooting the place. And then I looked at my daughter that was laying on the couch on the the cushion next to me. And I thought at least she's going to be safe because she's already laying down. The rest of us are probably going to die. But before I do, I'm going to fall on top of my youngest and cover her body and hopefully she'll be saved. That's what I was thinking. And this is no bullshit. While I'm sitting there staring off into space thinking this and staring at that front door, you know what my oldest daughter said to me two times? She said, earth to daddy, earth to daddy. And I realized, oh shit. They see this stuff, man. They're seeing it happen. They know you're not present. I got to be better about that. But my training and my experience... Has led me to be this way. I don't fucking want to be like that. Pizza comes out. And it was messed up. It wasn't even messed up. It was just wrong. And I'm going to tell you what happened. Because I wasn't in a good place. I was already on edge. I'd already paid for the pizza. I went up and got my money back. And nobody got pizza. My daughters were upset. Because they wanted pizza. And I was like no. It's the principal. They fucked up the pizza. I'm not paying for that. It was $40. And they didn't put the toppings on it. It was a forty-dollar cheese pizza. I could have just paid it, but I was like, "No, nah, I'm not paying forty dollars for no cheese pizza. Lick ass." So we left. And hypervigilance did that. Hypervigilance dictated the way that that night went, and I wasn't in control of that. See, I dropped the ball all the time too. I'm not perfect. I'm human. I do very good sometimes, but then sometimes I do not so well, but I'm aware of it. At least it's not habitual. See, the difference is this. I address the issues at hand. For a long time, I never addressed them because I didn't even know what was going on with me. I failed to notice that I was changing or that I was changed. And I had that old school mentality. Well, this is just who I am. And if people don't like it, fuck 'em. And that's not fair. That's not fair. Something happened to me. And I'm trying to I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to be the best version of myself I can, but it's taking time. I want you to understand that it takes time. This is not an overnight process. You're going to deal with this stuff the rest of your life. Your family's going to deal with it the rest of your life, but you have to they have to be in your corner. They have to understand it. They can't sit back in their ivory towers looking down their nose at you. They can't do that. They don't know what it's like. It's easy to sit back and judge. And it's easy to sit back and be disgusted by people like us. And you feel that disgust. Trust me. You feel it when you're around the right people. You feel it. You feel an energy from them. I mean, it's everything you got to hold it together, out of respect for everybody involved, and if they only knew the the control that that takes, they'd probably be proud of you. But they don't know the control that that takes. They just notice when you lose control, and then everybody's standing around. It's a, that's a, that's a whole thing. People love seeing people fail. They love seeing people fuck up, but it's hard to watch people do good. It's hard to watch them succeed and it's hard to watch them crush boundaries and clear obstacles and all these things. It's hard for most people to sit back and watch that. Be proud of yourself every fucking day of your life for the rest of your life. You understand? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to strip. You're going to stumble. Don't dwell on it too long. Make it right with whoever you need to make it right with. Don't do the same things over and over because then it becomes noise. Then it's the boy or girl that cried wolf. Don't do that. Write your wrongs and press on. If people want to hold on to bullshit, let them hold on to it. Have people you can call. Look at the people that you think you can call and ask yourself, can I really depend on these people? Do they really understand what red flags are? Don't be going and raising red flags just to raise red flags. Don't do that shit for attention. Don't be that person. But when shit gets real, who do you want to fight and a hole with you? You know, that's the thing in the Marine Corps. It's always like, yeah, you got all these Marines out here. That doesn't make every one of them great to having a fighting hole with you. You know, there's people you can depend on. And there's people you can't depend on. And sometimes the people you think you can depend on, you can't fucking depend on them. You need to figure that out before you get you, you get in the wrong fighting hole with the wrong person. Because you be hooking and jabbing all by yourself. And that is not a fun place to be. Y'all go kick some ass this week. Stop worrying about other people's opinion of you. Don't let other people hold you back in life, ever. And remember this, with mental health, winning is everything. And don't ever forget that. I love y'all. Have a good one.